Hey, what's up, DBC fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let us explain. Well, first of all, Freddie, the best part is it's free. There's nothing better than using a free, awesome service. To make the process simple and easy, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor helps people find your show by distributing the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Also, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I like like money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We love using Anchor. It's a great platform that lets us hear from the fans and reaction theater with Anchor's Leave a Message feature. So when you create your account with Anchor, you can also utilize their feature and make your own podcast. TJ will uh, be your first guest. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. I'm TJ Majors. This is Brent Griffin. Get ready. Be ready. Be ready. Give me what you got here. New leader. Oh, watch out for this guy. White flag. Recognize. Go low. Go low. Clear. Bring home. Three wide. Coming to the line. Door. Clear. All right, I'm here. God, I'm, it's amazing. Wow, I know. I know. Welcome between, back to your Who podcast. Between everybody being sick and, you know, uh, testing. Special guest TJ Majors, everyone. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I was here last week if you guys weren't sick. That was the week that before. That was two weeks ago. That means you weren't here. You were in <laughs> Kansas last week. That was two or, weeks ago. It was two weeks ago when everybody was sick. <laughs> but so, one show. I think you probably couldn't be then, there, uh, but because we all couldn't. I took a two-day Kansas vacation. <laughs> um, which was so exciting, as usual. Riveting. Yeah. Um, but we have the whole cast today. Actually, plus one. Plus one. Who's the plus one? We have special guest Kelly Crandall of Racer.com. Hi, Kelly. Yeah, what am I doing here? You're about to I find I feel like out. I got the better end of the stick because I was told that Brett and I, this was... This yeah, this was the payback, but I feel like I'm getting the better end of yeah, the stick. Of what? Payback of what? You haven't been through the show yet. So <laughs> Kelly put in a request through Shana that works at JRM to speak with Elliot for basically an hour mm-hmm. for her podcast that she does. So I was like, it's trade off. She's got to come on hours. So Kelly was like, wow, okay, I'll do that. I was floored at first, and then I was like, wait a minute. Did what? you did you listen to the show? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean so that I she know, listened? Yeah. I know what I'm getting into, yeah. but... Let's uh, see if I say that again. I don't know if you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. We, so a lot of we, stuff gets cut out. Just see. <laughs> so, so once every seven or eight weeks, we'll have somebody on, obviously. And uh, we used to have Krista Voda come on as a media member. And Krista kind of had the toe the line of professional broadcaster. But she would come on here and say some really dirty things and some dirty innuendos. So from a female perspective, that's why we asked you to come on. From a media perspective, that's why we asked you to come on. So all that we ask is that you do two things. You don't suck and you say at least once. I can do that. Okay, good. Take- That's actually my favorite Are word. Are these the rules Like, now? I was going to try to not say it. What is? Oh. That's well, I, like, that is She's my met favorite her quota word. for the day. There we go. Okay. That's out of the way. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was not going to have to say it. I was going to have to control myself. I'm really sorry, Jason. You have a lot this of editing to do. <laughs> no, it's not. So, so expectations from the media going into the Roval and, I guess, post-race uh, evaluation of those expectations. Well, post-race, let me start with post-race because that was absolutely crazy because those of us on pit road had no idea who was in. Um, we were watching the fan vision and it gives us the points on there like, like you guys can see. Yep. But 
I tuned real quick to the NASCAR official channel to see if they were calling it out because I could see on the fan vision it was a three-way tie. and Which is n- nuts. Which was nuts because coming to, coming to the white flag, we had an idea of who was in. Yeah. Um, Larson was going to be in – or Larson was going to be out, excuse me. I think Almirola and Jimmy were going to be in. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy and Martin spin. So – we're all standing out there, and I'm turning to like Bob Pacaris and Jeff Gluck, and we're all and I'm like, does anybody know who's in? NASCAR's not calling it out. Does anybody know who's in? And we couldn't figure it out. We're all trying to get on Twitter to see if anybody else had tweeted it out. Of course, we have no reception out there, so we were lost for a good 15 minutes until really? t- yeah, until TV came over to Jimmy and told him. TV it was and radio. that long before it was official. Um, I, I think it was official before that, but those of us on pit road, it felt like us getting the information yeah. because we were cut off from Wi-Fi. We were cut off from, from Twitter and, okay. the, and nobody on the radio that we didn't know. Um, Did NASCAR give any explanation as to what took so long, I guess? I don't know. Because they obviously Again, had a lot kn- to evaluate. Yeah, I don't know right. because I wasn't inside. Yeah. So I don't know if TV was doing a better job of explaining it. Right. The little bit of information that I did see on Twitter when I was trying to scroll back was there might have been some concern whether Jimmy served his stop and go right. um, after he blew the chicane. And maybe they were looking at that if he needed a 30-second penalty in addition to, to where he had crossed the line. But I don't know if it actually took that long. It was just those of us on pit road, we didn't know. We didn't, yeah. we didn't officially know who to go talk to and who was out. But so it was more just the TV basically told you. Yeah, I mean, because I stood with Jimmy the entire time because I had a feeling he was the one out um, just based on what I could best remember of best finishes in the round. I just I had a feeling he was going to be the odd man out. So I stood by Jimmy the entire time and I'm watching his reaction and I'm watching TV come over and I'm watching live radio come over. And then I heard them say to him, I don't know if you've been told, but you're the one out. So that's how I found out was just standing there listening to radio. So expectations of the whole race, though. Uh, expectations to evaluation. What do you think? My personal expectation going in was that it was going to be a disaster. Like an embarrassing disaster or a – what do you mean by disaster? A crash fest. Yeah. A wreck fest. Just qualifying and practice. Qualifying and practice. I was there for both days of testing back in, what was it, July. And it just seemed like nobody could get a handle on the place. So I went in thinking, oh, God, this is going to be dumb. This this is going to be an absolute mess. And I came out of it pleasantly surprised. I think a lot of other people also went in thinking, hey, we're going to go down, turn one lap one, and we're going to wreck a bunch of cars. Right. Um, Right. So that was... That was my personal TJ, did you notice how much harder it was for the cup cars to make a lap at that place versus the Xfinity cars in terms of how much more out of control the cup cars were? I was just about to say that. Um, yeah, they, they're definitely just faster in general on the banking, especially like through three and four on the big track or what is that? 14, 15 or something, 13, 14, something like that. The big track three and four. Yeah. Um, they were, you could have arrow issues still from into turn four uh, or off of turn four from the big track into the chicane there you could have some you could have some pretty serious aero issues i saw the three car drift up to try to you know gonna try to outbreak somebody in the corner and it just took off on them yeah so that big um, bump out of four i don't know if tv gave it any press out of the oval turn four into that front stretch chicane there was a big bump right by the barrels and you there see were the a few they covered it really get upset amount. yeah there's a tunnel over there too, so yeah. Uh, but you could definitely see you could definitely see the guys that were more stable under braking. Um, but it, honestly, I think it's a nice characteristic to have. You got you know guys trying to outbreak each other with a little bit of a bump there, and it definitely bit some people too. Yeah. Um, 
I felt like it was a big deal too that we didn't have you know guys running both races. I know Hemrick did, but you know all those Cup guys, the five or six, seven or ten that would have maybe ran on Saturday, they couldn't because it was an Xfinity playoff, so they didn't get extra practice. Yeah. Uh, but but I'll say this, and I I want to know what TJ thinks. I feel like these guys were out there learning the track, and they were balls to the wall, and they were finding their limits, and they were making errors. When they all got out there racing around one another, they were judging off one another. Uh, of the breaking points and the, and the pace of the race always slows down, even in an oval because you're in traffic. And I think that helped for the first 50 laps of the cup race to not see so many errors because they were just trying to get to the next stage, get to the final stage, put themselves in position to run well. Yeah. Well, that's it too, though. We go to these, if we go here for 20 years, they're, these guys are 15 going to be years. Better. They're going to know where the limits are. You're, they're not going to drive way off the track. They're not going to be locking the brakes up into these corners. They're going to know, um, they're going to know way more like, you know, that restart with Brad, that old tires, he didn't know he, un, I guess he misjudged the grip level of the older tires on the restart. Um, but he wasn't the only one. They were all driving off each other. Did you like when on that restart? Yeah. We were they just all, talking about that. They were all driving off each other. Like yep. there was three or four of them that weren't going to make the corner. This is the one where Brad missed one. Yeah. But they like, even if he made it, it's like the others weren't going to make it. You know what I mean? They were all, it's like driving through a snowstorm. The, the guy, the, Guy in front of you drives off. You're going to drive off the road too. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I thought it was good. I I like watching the get the drivers get challenged. This is I don't feel like we challenge them enough. A lot. We go to these same places all the time. We go to these same tracks. You know, in three laps, Kyle Busch knows what he's got. For, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they like that. But I like seeing these guys get challenged. I like seeing them. You know. Uh, you know, Denny Hamlin's. He's a fairly good driver, and he had a. You know, he struggled this weekend, and a lot of guys did. A lot of guys spun out. You know, you got cup champions that are that, that are just having off weekends because they're out there trying to learn it, and these guys are being challenged. Um, I, enjoyed the, I enjoyed the show myself. Yeah, I left there yesterday, and I was like, I wish NASCAR would take an alphabetical order and, and start with the tracks, right, and say, okay, Atlanta, you're first. Do you want to run a road course? Or do you want to run an oval? And then they get down to the pecking order. And if somebody like Dover wins, a, he gets to Dover and Dover goes, hey, I want a road course and I get to pick where. They do a street course in the middle of Baltimore, a street course, you know, somewhere on the, somewhere near their market. They still own the date. They still get all the TV money, still get all the fan money, right? Uh, but, but it was, I feel like the drivers worked a hell of a lot harder yesterday for three hours than they normally do. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm with TJ. Like the fact that they were challenged probably for the first time in a long time. And that wasn't an oval race where you could go there and know right away who was going to be fast and who's going to run up front and, and pick a name out of the, yeah. out of the big three, who's probably going to win the race. That's why I think the role, the roval grew on me throughout the weekend because I went in and I was like, you know, this is the cheap way out of not having a new track on the circuit. It is. And I was really, really upset about that i was like this is not a real road course this is this is cheap I, I, this is gonna be i thought stupid. they made it look nice they did a and good then, job right yeah. we got there and they did a fantastic job with just the visuals even painting of the track it was the, beautiful the from the roof. right the campers being in the infield the astroturf stuff worked great in my it opinion did. it did and it looked really good so you get to make one change to the course before we go back what is mm. it i don't know i don't know if i would change you anything. got something i would uh I'd probably try to work with Goodyear and come up with a tire that they trusted and take the chicane on the back stretch out. The turtles were a problem, but I don't have a problem with the turtles because they're the same for everybody. The wall that everybody kept hitting in practice, it was the same for everybody. I don't have a problem with that. I wish they would make turn five just like Sonoma's turn seven. 
make it go out and make it come back to where it's a true heartbreaking zone and a passing zone. The 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 Roval lacked a really good passing zone. Yeah, I mean, there's in my a, mind. Or if you're going to leave the chicane in the backstretch, make it a true chicane. Make where them they, stop. It ha- they have to slow down for it. Like, yeah. And that could pretty easily be done. It could. I mean, I, I honestly, I feel like they could do that. They could probably have it done by lunch. Yeah. You know, they could probably move them curbs to where it's a true turn like the Glen. Like, you don't, you're not going through the bus stop at the Glen like that. If no. you're going to make it a bus stop, make it a bus stop where they actually have to. Yeah. You know, and when we tested there, there was guys that were, you know, Larson was two seconds faster than the next guy because he figured out he could fly through there and basically just jump them and not even lift a whole lot. Right. You could, there was no outbreaking into the bus stop. There's none. If the guy had a run on you and was going to clear, you know, passing you, that guy pretty much let him go. Yeah. And you went in there. There was no, like, I got to run this guy. I'm going, I'll break him into this zone. You couldn't run too wide through there. There's no, no chance. But there was literally no, not enough braking to have a guy try to outbreak another. They literally have to slow. We need to make it where they slow way down. Um, either that or take it out, in my yeah. opinion. Probably the most exciting news of the weekend was the fact that Jason dropped his oh. phone. In between the softballs. First of all, how did you even get that access? And what an idiot. Who does that? <laughs> yeah, I need to hear this <laughs> yeah, story. How do you do that? So I was driving. So I was working PR for the track this weekend. So we give media rides, um, photographers rides. So one guy wanted to go outside, turn three to shoot down. So I'm like, oh, I'll take you out there. And I'm like, oh, this is a cool view. Never been up here before. Let me take a couple pictures real quick. Yeah. Cool panoramic. NASCAR needs good content. This is good content right here. Great picture. I'm like, all right through the fence like looking at it and like oh pretty cool and then like all right let me do a panorama then we do a snapchat and then as soon as i like flipped the phone for a snapchat i fumbled it and it fell right straight down into the safer barrier tj doesn't look impressed wow so then uh, what happens well then i'm like oh no <laughs> like what am i gonna do so i went back to the media center like hey hey i know you know everyone's crazy in here right now but i just dropped my phone in the safer barrier Luckily, I'm working for the track, so we know who to call. And they're like, all right, we'll try to get out after qualifying. What do they say to you? Well, <laughs> like, Jason, come on. Like, of course you would do something like that. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done anything that stupid. Hey, I've, done, I've totally put the phone through the fence at other tracks before never dropped it. Yeah. I need a pop socket. That's my next investment. That'll look super cute. Or like a tether. Yeah, just something to hook to your phone. Yeah. Where's the worst place you've ever dropped your phone? The lake, probably. Don't lie. Oh, You're probably the lake. Victory Lane in Miami. I dropped it three times in one week that week. I had to get it fixed three separate That's times. That's it? You didn't drop Aaron, it? Erin that works on the one main program, she got a brand new, you know, seven plus, whatever mm-hmm. it was by then. First day, toilet. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. But mine didn't break. <laughs> I was all good. Yeah. Did got it, it like, back. That's lucky. Yeah. It yeah. sat there all day. Did it day. crack? No, not I, at all. You had to wait all day? Yeah, I didn't get back to after the extreme race. <laughs> I, um, That's awful. That was his punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a similar problem, like something similar like that happened to me. We were at the um, the circus when it was in town, and we were sitting in the front row, and I literally, we were right on the edge, the walls like right here, and I'm like, I was taking a picture of something, and I don't know what happened. Um, either got bumped or something, and it knocked the phone out of my hand. It went down over the wall into, like, a, a bucket of, like, prop stuff they were using. And um, <clears throat> I ended up having to stop a guy <laughs> that was working, and he just he just reached down. It wasn't, you know, I had not have to wait till the end of the show. And, you know, it wasn't, like, sticking it through a fence like Jason. But um, that was uh, that was a little embarrassing at the time. But, you know, I've never dropped it where I lost it, which would be. Which would be bad, yeah. I know a lot of people that have in the lake. It's pretty common. 
here for you ever lose one in the lake? Nah. Yeah, I know a lot of people. I don't usually get on my phone when I go on the lake. I used to have other things probably, in my hands. It's probably better. <laughs> Easy. What? While you're drinking? There <laughs> 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 uh, we go. On that uh, note, how about let's get started? <laughs> sounds wonderful. <laughs> All right. Spot on, spot off. Uh, <laughs> Girls go first. Yes. Oh Johnson spins, turn Truex, and Blaney wins the wild roval finish. Spot on, spot off. Spot on. I thought that was fantastic. I actually said when Jimmy was starting to close on Martin coming through three and four, I said out loud, oh-ish, because I, I just figured he was going to oh, do ish. something. Oh-ish. What's that oh, mean? Oh, shit. Remember yeah. show? You've yeah. already said the F word, and you're not going to say the S word? <laughs> well, it's not going to be in the show. He's going to cut it out. I know, but I mean. <laughs> you can, you See, can. I've listened to the show before. I know that one you guys won't say. But oh, I, I can't, ish, guys. I can't, oh, yeah, ish. I can't, Careful. I, I'm not as talented to say it the way you guys say it. So I, say I don't cut most time. Yeah. yeah, Shisho? You can yeah. say that. Yeah, you can say that. No, I'm not telling. Like, I'll mess it up, and I'll actually that's, say it. That's, that's right. okay. Yeah. That's okay, so. too. Just be you. <laughs> just be you. But, no, I, I figured he was going to try and do something just because he hasn't won, and he was close enough, and that chicane, going back to the Xfinity race, Hemrick had made a mistake in the exact same place, and I was like, oh, it's about to get good. So I was, But I was spot on for it because he at least tried something. It wasn't follow the leader. We were actually, I was standing next to Josh, who was spots for Blaney, and we looked at each other, and and uh, they were in the road course section there, and we're looking at each other like, I'm like, you you got a pretty good shot at this, I think. And he's like, yeah, they're getting pretty close. Like, and you, you never, you know, the, <laughs> the the last zone, the like, um, Jimmy did a great job on the backstretch, getting through the chicane and having a run on Martin. And uh, you know, that's just you kind of knew something was going to happen because they were close enough for sure. Jimmy was close enough to take a shot at it, so. I wonder what would have happened if he had gotten into the back of Truex and knocked Truex through the chicane. So I'm spot on for the fans who got to watch this. I'm spot off for knowing how talented Jimmy Johnson is and and ultimately end up wrecking himself. If he wants to get in there super hot, hit Martin, disturb Martin, ultimately do a bump and run and win the race, then do it. Martin Truex is already going to the next round. Jimmy Johnson would then go to the next round. Martin Truex can't be mad at Jimmy Johnson in the next round because if he retaliates, Jimmy retaliates back. They both threw them, screw themselves, and they're both out. So yeah. if Jimmy does this properly and executes a bump-and-run style maneuver, yes, he pisses Martin off, but he wins the race. And he went in there entirely too aggressive, almost like a rookie would have done uh, – that's what I'm surprised at. I'm surprised he didn't have a more methodical approach. I'm not surprised he went for it. Guy hadn't won in 51 races, and, and checker flags aren't aren't easy to get as you get toward the end of, the, of your career a lot of times. But I'm just surprised. I'm spot off for the fact that he didn't pull off a better move to win the race. I yeah. thought he was going to run through him, to be honest with you. Because Why he, wouldn't you? Because he came in so hot off turn four, oval turn four, yeah. that I thought when he started breaking and locking it up that he was still too close that he was going to not, like, you, literally drive through Martin. I was surprised he spun himself, to be honest with you. That's where I'm Sam spot off on is the fact that he wrecked. I'll never understand why anybody wrecks himself. Yeah, he, I think when Martin went to the right, when Martin went to the right, it kind of caught him off guard. Because um, I think that's where he was planning on going. When Martin went to the right, he kind of tried to go back left, and I think he probably started hitting the brakes a little bit harder than what he 
like you said, maybe you should have maybe you should just rolled in there a little harder and just hit him. Yeah, and uh, just hit you him. know. But spot on for the finish. I mean, it was a great finish, awesome finish. I, I think the fans probably enjoyed it. I, the I didn't, last fifty of the laps of that race were nuts. Well, I mean, you, it was probably pretty. Um, Here's what I didn't understand. I didn't understand how Blaney got to line up where he got to line up on that last restart because on that twelve car pileup, guess who was in that? Blaney. 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 Guess who came to a complete stop? Blaney. So you have to maintain the pace of the race, we're told, in order to maintain your position. The pace of the race is not a dead stop. So we were blown away with the fact that Blaney appeared to be given four positions back. One thing I would like clarification on from NASCAR is when we went back green after that big caution, what did you do? Just divert back to the restart order from the, 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 the caution before and basically say, if you're gone, we're taking you out and we're going to go right back to that same restart order because it sure didn't like look like a live timing and scoring restart like we're supposed to have. I think it was something to that effect. And and I I should know this as media and I was following how it was happening. But I feel like somebody had said NASCAR either went back to the restart or went back to how it was lined up or the scoring loop or whatever it was. Because I was listening to your radio and I know Clint was like, there is no way in hell he's in front of me. Yeah. Well, and there wasn't because he wasn't in front of us. So, yeah. Like there was at no point, you know, was he in front of us? Literally. So it, it that was the confusing. Yeah. So he restarted behind you? No, he restarted in front of me, even though when the wreck happened, he was behind me. And he, he stopped during that wreck and you have to maintain speed well right? you don't yeah. no that's not you don't maintain speed through the wreck though you have well, to maintain no. a reasonable race yeah. pace you know you're not gonna you're not gonna penalize the guy for stopping to avoid you know a contact with another car when you're we, considered to be in the wreck you're in the wreck we came right. to a stop and we didn't hit a thing but you didn't hit anything we didn't hit a thing and his we kept right going. his right side behind his front wheel he hit something but I mean, that, you know, you can't you can't penalize a guy for slowing down and getting hit by another car. He was truly given two gifts. He was given the gift of fifth on the restart, and then he was given the gift of Jimmy Johnson wrecking Martin Truex. And good for him. I mean, it's again a great race. Uh, I don't think it was in any way, shape, or form less than what we thought it would be. I mean, I I could see if you if you're going through the wreck and you're slowing way down, and a car comes across and clips you in the bumper, you're still fine to race. I can see like you guys would want to be put back for that. I mean, you're doing the safe thing and the right thing by being, by slowing down, which is what you're supposed to do. I know you're pro Penske, but I'm telling no, you. No, I'm just saying I wouldn't. He stopped. He hit somebody. At no point was he in front of us after we Did took the Did he hit green. somebody or somebody hit him? After we took the green, he was not in front of us. Uh, I mean, I, I think it goes back to what Kelly and I were saying. We couldn't understand where they were coming up with the lineup. And it appeared, they said, we're just going to go back to the last restart and everybody that wrecked is out and everybody that didn't, we'll just put them in order. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure how they did the line I mean, because if you wreck past the start-finish line, you have you really gone far enough for well, there Well, we went far enough. You know, we didn't We didn't go I'm saying from, like, like, trying to play devil's advocate, like, from NASCAR's point of view, they're like, well, the lap just started, and let's just go back to the start-finish line. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have to go back and look at all my notes and you, everything. You almost wish during some of this stuff that there was a liaison to – and I know they have a lot of liaisons. <laughs> I'm not saying they don't have any. But somebody to explain to us – from an officiating standpoint, because the NFL, that little guy turns on a microphone and then, you know, the guy on TV gets on the, the broadcast and goes, I'm a 27-year-old retired NFL referee and this is what's going, what the hell's going on around here. Like, I think during a lot of our races, there's a lot of gray areas and when we don't understand what's going on, we get extremely selfish 
and we want it to, to not screw us, you know. Even from a media perspective, though, I've I've argued that for the last couple of years that for us in the media center or after the race, I mean, going back to Richmond, the fall Richmond race last year when crazy stuff was happening and Truex is, you know, wrecking from the lead and we want to know why a caution was called for this and not called for this or, yeah. you know, even earlier this year at Texas, why Harvick didn't get the uncontrolled tire penalty, but other people did. I've long argued with NASCAR and IMC that you guys need to have, like, we need to have somebody in here who is like, this is why this wasn't called. Right. This is why this was called. Here's the rule. And yeah. instead, we're sitting there trying to scour the rule book ourselves and understand it and then trying to run to the hauler after the race to get an explanation. So. I don't think the start-finish line is a bad, a bad timing loop for that. After the last car crosses it, then it's the next one. You know what I mean? On a restart, if there's a wreck in turn one and restart, you almost have to go back to the start-finish line. I mean, in my opinion, how do you not have enough... You know what I mean? Unless it's a, you know, you take like you said, you take everyone that's not in the wreck, and they you're back, you're in your spot. You know, if you're wrecked and can't move or whatever, you're, you're well at. from the wreck that that happened a couple of years ago with Harvick at Talladega, before we realistically <laughs> ever <laughs> took the green. Yeah. Uh, from that situation and scenario, we should all have a rule in place and an understanding of what what the hell is going on. And and to be quite frank, we just didn't. So anyway, moving on. All right. Well, 13 cars collected in turn one with a big one with six laps to go. Spot on, spot off. TJ. Uh, you know, spot, you know, <laughs> spot off because it took out so many cars. But honestly, there was there was chaos. And actually, most everyone did really good all day there. I hated that turn um, on restarts because there's so much going on. And you literally didn't know if you're going to make it out of it or not every time. And I always seemed to, we were in the outside row every single time, which I hated. Um, Cause that's where everyone slid to is the outside. So you're, you're basically have no escape routes for anything. Uh, but you know, uh, spot on for how many cars were involved <laughs> in that crash and me finishing third. <laughs> Thank y'all for not knowing where to hit the brakes because about six of you totally missed the braking zone. And I'm glad that you did it. Thanks. Appreciate you. And good. I was oh. going to say it worked out great for you guys. <laughs> yeah. Wonderfully. So I would I would say spot on from the from the aspect of it that turn finally delivered what everybody thought it was going to deliver, but spot off because it's like did we really take 15 cars with us for like that It was... didn't deliver how we all thought it was going to deliver though. No one ever saw the no one ever saw the leader going in there. And missing the corner and taking yeah. out a bunch. Watch this. Uh, say, I'm about to choke. I say deliver in the sense of like, again, and this may be just me personally. I, I, I guess I can't speak for everybody. But I expected turn one to be the problem spot just because it's such a sharp corner that I really thought guys were going to have more problems getting in there. And there's so you, opportunity yeah. on the inside to get three wide. I mean, there, there's all the – everything you need to make it really exciting is there. You know, I saw four wide through there. I'm honestly oh, yeah. shocked it was three, four wide. that this didn't happen in the Xfinity Series race. The it Xfinity did, Series it did race, happen. Well, not to the extent it that... Did, it did happen, but it didn't happen yet to that extent. Yeah. I mean, the, the wreck, did, it probably got eight of those guys. That was the quickest what race. We, I almost missed victory What lane. we didn't have happen in the Xfinity race is really old tires on a yeah. restart. Yeah. You know, or even up until now, like, you know, Brad didn't know. Uh, obviously, he didn't know the grip level, what the tires. There was actually quite a bit of fall off. Yeah. So... Um, this being an elimination race, 
gave us a lot of different scenarios because the 14 team going into the race, we were max points mode every stage and then let the end of the race play out the way it was meant to play out. But other guys were able to invert where they were running and pitting with three to go, four to go, you know, staying out for a segment and going into a different fuel window strategy. So all those different strategies created a lot of different scenarios with guys on a lot of different tires and pitting at a lot of different times. And it also put guys, you know, like, I saw the freaking 15 car up there at one point, and I'm like, Yeah, he was competitive what is there for a little while. This yeah. guy doing up here in the yeah. middle of this thing running 15th. Yeah, but, but was, that creates was, all yeah. that, that drama that we saw play out because if this is a typical road course, we're all running it with the same strategy, and that wasn't the case with it being an elimination race. And I enjoyed the elimination part of it because it forced people to be. I mean, at one point, you, at one point, I didn't think you were going to finish because Clint was having to drive really aggressively blocking. Um, well, you know, we've never, did the we've same never thing. blocked. That's not true. We've never <laughs> been blocked. Almirola, when he was on a mission, when they were counting, like on the broadcast, they were saying he needs to pass one more car. You saw him just don't want to do it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, insane. but that's what that creates, though. Yeah. And honestly, I don't feel like we have that if we run the big track. So the alleged no. blocks that TJ is accusing us of throwing. <laughs> uh, Tony Stewart was standing beside me during the race, and he'd go. Like, uh, did, uh, we're, we're, we're putting our fate in that guy behind us hands. I'm like, uh, Hey man, I, I'm just doing what I So do. I will <laughs> tell you this. I was behind it for a bit there. And I was like, I almost back. We were, I was about to back Joey off some because I wasn't sure. Well, we were, we were there one time. You were right in the middle of us. Yeah. And we came off the chicane and Clint wasn't very good off the bus stop. Oh. And that's a bad spot to be not fast off of. Yeah. And, um, he would go into turn the big track turn three and kind of run up a little bit. And whenever that guy started coming with the run, he'd run down. I've seen two or three people hit him in the middle of the corner, and it was shoving him off the racetrack. What? They shouldn't hit us. Well, you shouldn't need three lanes. The 14, I think the 14 radio, because I listened to you guys the majority of the race, because for most of the time, oh. you guys were in that bubble yeah, spot. Like we you kept you kept shifting. Yeah. So the 14 radio was the most entertaining radio that I probably usually is. I don't blame I don't blame Clint for driving like that. I don't think he like at a normal race when he, you're not he's not going to make some of the moves. He's going to let that guy go and yeah. But again, I mean, that's, that's what yesterday delivered. That's what it that's what it creates. So, so I'll say this, the scenario that kind of changed the day for us was Bowman was the first guy out and he was the first guy out by 2 points. And so we're running behind Bowman uh, and, and we're all racing, uh, him and Blaney and us, we were all right around each other all day, which is freaking drama. But the second that Bowman decided he was going to pit and get four tires, we now aren't racing anybody except Alex Bowman. So he forces our hand to come to pit road. So him being the first guy out kind of triggered that whole scenario that ultimately led to him getting in because we were making up a lot of time on the guys that hadn't pitted yet. We were driving from, you know, the mid-20s to the mid-teens, passing cars that were on the lead lap that were good cars. Uh, so so Alex's guy, his crew chief that made the call of pit, forced our hand, forced Blaney's hand, and, and it kind of created that whole scenario that made it all really interesting. Yeah. And I, I will say spot on, too, for Todd Gordon, because I think he had the line of the race after that accident in turn one. He said, uh, he said, Brad just led the army off the cliff. Hmm. And yeah, I thought did. that was hilarious. That's I, true. I thought that was amazing. <laughs> he did. That's so, very true. Spot on to Todd for quote of the day. <laughs> really glad those guys followed their leader, though. 
They thought they were going off into oval turn one. You should just I'll be glad you, you weren't up there because if you were in third or fourth, you'd probably done the same thing. Yeah. You'd be right off there with them. I'll yeah. tell you what, the media center reaction was a lot of fun when that started happening. Like just the, everybody reacting out loud. That's one of the reasons I love being in the media center at Daytona, Talladega, yeah. Martinsville, yeah. just all these races because stuff starts happening and we become race fans and we start like right. reacting to the TV. So yeah. you see the roof. <laughs> 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 Jason, sorry. <laughs> All right. We're not on yep. video. Well, oh, we this are. video, yeah, he might pull that one. Okay. Um, all right. Larson advances by a- passing a stalled 96 in the last corner on the last lap. Spot on, spot off. Me. Brett. I'm spot off because if there's a guy – that was on that bubble that I didn't want to see advance from just a selfish standpoint, it's Kyle Larson because this guy's streaky and he has the ability. We're going to his – there's three guys at Dover that stand out in my mind of just being phenomenal. Matt Kyle Kenseth, Bush. Jimmy Johnson, and Kyle Larson. Kyle Bush is freaking phenomenal everywhere. He's on my nerves. <laughs> doesn't count. But Kyle Larson is now a true contender to win this title. And if we had an opportunity to say bye to him, it's kind of like watching that show Survivor. You want to vote the strongest guy off so you don't have to beat him later. Man, we missed that opportunity, but spot on for him and his team because when I saw his car and how damaged it was and what his right front tire looked like, I was like, there's no way in hell he's getting back in this thing. And he managed to get back in. So he should really send Jimmy Johnson something nice around Christmas And the 96, a beer or something. Well, once again, the meaningless 96 comes into play. I'm not sure it's the 96 that deserves the beer. It's the one that hit the 96 that probably deserves it. Hemrick, yeah. So... Isn't that like the fourth or fifth straight week the 96 has been involved the in, a meaningless late race, 96. Yeah. in a late race accident that I has changed that. somebody's race? Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. A big outcomes. Yeah. Yeah. I know it happened at Indy. I think it happened at, at Richmond. I think we're I think we're working on like a three or four week stretch. Here. Have we ever seen a race, not to go off on a tangent, but have we ever seen a race where billboards get stuck to cars more than yesterday? Oh, How about the twenty three. How about twenty three bringing that Bojangles <laughs> quarter on? That was oh, awesome. Bojangles Bush, Busher goes in and wrecks, and he gets in between his bumper cover and the rear quarter panel yep. seam like he drives he like drags like, it around. Just sponsor a moving billboard. So was that? What happened with that wreck? Does anybody know? He backed it. Busher's wreck? No, the end. No. The, the Bojangles, one. The Bojangles one? No, the one. The end wreck. Oh, Hemrick? Like, why did oh, the 96? That yeah. Uh, that, Hemrick it, just ran through him in the chicane. I don't think it was on purpose from the video that I saw with how his hands were moving, but he just got in. Like, he was just all over, like, underneath the 96 and just punting him out of the way. So, running what position? 20th? I don't know where they were running at the time, lap but one, I know. Lap 109, I'm going to overdrive yep. the last corner and just mm. clean this guy's car. I'm maybe mine. What well, are you again, suggesting? Hemrick, Hemrick made not, that same like, mistake Saturday. Like the chicane bit him sh- Saturday as well. Oh, you almost said a bad word. <laughs> what are you <laughs> suggesting? I just, I mean, I, I just don't. <laughs> me personally wouldn't tear up my car. I mean, 19th, 20th, what's the difference between that? You know what I mean? You, so. Did you ever watch the show? The show South Fisher? Park. I never really got into South Park. Did you ever see every I've seen show? Clips of it. Who killed Kenny? Kenny died in every show. That's what the '96 <laughs> yep. car has become. Yep. Who killed Kenny? It's like when's the '96 gonna wreck? Well, that'd be more like the '60. I was gonna say that's uh, the next comparison. Like, but, yeah. but, but in that case, it's more like what lap is the '60 gonna yeah, wreck? That, that, yeah, that that he didn't wreck, but three times Saturday. He had that's a pretty not bad. good day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we had another wreck Finished. on the last lap too, didn't we? The 34 and the 11. 
Looks like the, the 34 11. wreck between uh, four and five. He got hit. Did he? Oh, yeah. He'll wreck you back, that guy. He will. Hmm. But it's yeah. not going to matter now, though. No. Nah. Because the guy that hit him is not going to be moving nah. on. So, nah. What was Denny like after the race? Did, did anybody interview him? He didn't have anything in the Toyota quote sheet, and I don't know if anybody actually got anything from him. Because, again, I was with Jimmy the entire time, so I didn't do my normal running up and down pit road, so I didn't see him. But a- even after last week, after uh, Richmond, he was quick off pit road, so I'm assuming yesterday was probably When the same. we go back three years ago, and it's Denny Hamlin, Carl Edwards, Matt Kenseth, Kyle Busch, those four guys were amazing. And now uh, of that whole, you know, I guess team, the only guy that's still amazing is Kyle Busch. It's kind of weird how that, because obviously they all had speed. Yeah, but Kyle like fell they, off for a little bit there. Now it's like they only only one of them has speed. Then Kyle fell off for about three quarters yeah, of the season he, there. He, then he, he, then he like for, I wouldn't say that long, but he he won like it's uh, as soon as he passed Brad and Kevin racing a Loudon, right? Wasn't a Loudon. He passed Brad. He had a, he had a flat tire or something. He comes back out, passes Brad and Kevin, and the caution comes out. He stays out because he just pitted, cycles to the lead, and wins the race. Yeah. And then ever since then, he's been back Lights on. Lights out again. Yeah. yeah. Just crazy. Johnson, Dylan, Hamlin, and Jones are eliminated after round one. Spot on, spot off. Kelly. Spot off for Denny Hamlin because this is actually perfect with what Brett was just talking about in terms of how his career has kind of gone the last couple of years. So spot off because Denny's been in the Cup Series for what 14 15 years it's been a long time and yeah. he still hasn't won a championship and to I, I don't know why but to me that stands out probably because you run for Joe Gibbs racing I mean you came in this hot rookie was winning races making the chase right away now making the playoffs probably should have won the championship in 2010 he was in contention again in 14 when the first year of the elimination style and he just can't get it done so for me that's the biggest one of these four that stands out because I mean Jones you kind of he had to win or he wasn't going to advance Jimmy's had that kind of season where it's been hot or cold I didn't pick Austin to advance out of this round so I'm not surprised by that either so to me it's it's all about Denny it's like come on dude you you run for the one of the top teams in this series and you haven't won a championship I'm I'm uh more of a Jones person here that since the middle of the summer he has been on fire He's been top five every week. He's been top five at places that I didn't think he could finish top five at. And he's he's been really fast the second half of the year here. I mean, it, it's been impressive. So to see him get knocked out uh, of this group, he's the one that had the most speed since the you know mid part of the year. He's had the most speed out of this group, so that's kind of surprising to me. Just from a talent perspective, I see two guys that are – championship contenders obviously jimmy is a champion denny as kelly said has always been in that conversation from the time you get to the daytona 500 until the playoff he he's in there so i i you know i'm kind of here nor there i'm not surprised that these four guys didn't move on did we ever decide i know we talked about johnson with that penalty would that have made a difference at all yeah, so he misses the chicane. He comes, does his stop and go. He finishes seventh, three-way tie. Eighth. Uh, eighth is where he finished into a three-way tie. So, I mean, it really goes back to Vegas where, you know, we got three wide with him, and, and he got in contact, I think, with his teammate Bowman, and it put us in the fence. It messed up Jimmy's day with a flat tire. I mean, that's a place where we both that day gave up 15 or 20 points. So it's always easy to go back, and TJ will tell you this, it's easy to go back and say, man, Coulda, woulda, shoulda. At that one race, we'd be fine. 
Um, but those things tend to snowball, and you don't get <clears> points back. You know, I, I say this all the time in our sport. A quarterback throws an interception in the first quarter. He's got the rest of the game to make it up. When you look at some of the errors that these guys made early in the race, you don't have a chance to make it up. Yeah, and that just goes to show you that every lap counts. You know, you, once this chase starts, you race all year to be consistent and win some races to get locked in. Once the chase starts, you 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 can't really afford you can't afford a bad race. Almost, you have to be quietly consistent or super fast and win. Yeah. So Jimmy had 28 races before yesterday to save himself from what happened. And yeah. what I mean by that is he didn't have any stage wins. He had no playoff points, so he had nothing to fall back on. So that when that move yesterday went bad, yeah. It went bad in a big way yeah. because he lost all those positions, and then when Larson passes the 96, he's out. Guess what Jimmy still has? Seven, Seven championships. championships. I think He'll he's be okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, Noah Gregson announced as the driver of the number one for JRM in 2019. Spot on, spot off. Can we change this question to Noah Gregson on Twitter? With <laughs> What did he do on Twitter? That was more talking about that late mile race at Martinsville with some people afterwards. Oh, was he wearing them out? Did you read it? I read one tweet. But no, I was, there was I a few was, of them. <laughs> from a from a journalist perspective, I was more caught up in how he had worded the tweet wrong and or got the the situation yeah. wrong talking about the Martinsville race a couple yes. years ago. Um, it was interesting. Yeah, there was some a uh, little bit of language um, issues. Yeah, but it was it was interesting. But uh, uh, this is your deal here, so you tell us. How's your, it my deal? It's JRM stuff. Do you, that's your old car. How, what you, I mean, are you anti-JRM now? You're not here. No, yeah. right, come on. What are you gonna? What are you gonna do? Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah, what, what you you gonna do? This is what I want. Took you to raise, wrote you off on his taxes, the whole nine yards. Gave we, you, <laughs> gave you a house on his property. Hmm. Let you live there and for there's free. No, no, there's no giving. Well, first of all, <laughs> there was always rent. <laughs> <laughs> There shouldn't have been, but there's always rent. How about that remodel you did on that bathroom that time? And then, then Kelly, I moved out. Then Kelly didn't give you your money back for it. No, I did. <laughs> she did. Oh, no, 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 I didn't, yeah. No, I should have never done that. <laughs> <laughs> I go to TJ's I house. I should have never done that. And uh, he showed me around. He's like, yeah, I just remodeled this bathroom. He tells me how much money he spent on it. I looked awesome. I was proud of him. A couple months later, he left. I was like, hey, man, what about that whole remodel thing? Yeah, yeah I got <laughs> out of that money. <laughs> 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 Brotherly love. Uh, Noah yeah. Gregson, JRM, obviously spot on. This kid's shown a lot of talent. To be honest with you, very surprised to see Toyota let this guy kind of slide away. I mean, here's another guy. They just let William Byron go, and now they're letting Noah Gregson go. Uh, I've been extremely impressed with him the last year and a half and what he's done in the truck series. And, uh, you know, a guy that can go out and, and can win races with Kyle Busch in the race, to me, deserves some props. Obviously, JRM is an attractive organization right now. They're winning races, contending for championships. Happy to have been a part of that with a number one team the last few years. If he gets the team that's in place now, he's an immediate contender. And I know that a lot of things can change. You know, obviously, our guys have an affiliation with Hendrick. They can pull engineers up, pull crew chiefs up, pull mechanics up, pull talented people up. But if that team stays intact, the team that Elliot Sadler has currently, it's a contender when they get to Daytona for next year. I'm a... Uh... You know, I'm spot on just for the Xfinity race that I did watch him run. He ran a very smart race. He ran a very good race, I thought. That was Richmond? Yeah. 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 So, but my, my questions here are, I feel like his truck, he's, to me, he's just not quite where he was in the beginning of the year in the truck. And I wonder if the midseason, when it seemed to kind of fall, was what, when that started, you know, is he looking ahead already? Right. You know, oh, I'm going to go Xfinity race next year. I'm not really worried about this truck stuff as much now. Um you know, I, I haven't seen him be – he still has speed, but he just doesn't have um, 
I don't know, doesn't doesn't have he was dominating a lot of stuff in the beginning of the year. In my opinion, he was he was, he was up front a lot. Yeah. And but at the same time when your team finds out that you're not coming back, it can change their focus too. Yeah, and well, I mean, I see the I see the the um the deal that happened in Canada, you know. Yeah. You know, they're just uh hey. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you so. think takes his uh, spot at KBM? You know, I haven't even thought about it. Um, I don't think you got to think about it. Who is it? It's got to be the Burton kid, right? Does that make sense? Or makes not? sense. Yeah. I don't know who else it would be. I, I mean, actually haven't <clears throat> even heard like rumblings yet. No, of who he's take in it, the late model stuff, though, right? Or no, he's is Burton's he? in a truck now. Yeah, he's part time. Part-time. Oh yeah, I don't part time. Yeah. And who does uh, Harrison Burton has to run a full truck series next next year? I mean, it just based on. The progression that that kid runs a ton of races, and when you see somebody running that many races, they have to they have to move up in order to keep progressing. You know, you hit one or two years where you're not progressing, and you fall off face of the earth around here nowadays. So there's that has to be their goal is to get Harrison Burton in a truck full time, and it would only make sense that you get him in a fast one, and obviously one just open up. Yeah. So you think there's you think him and Gilland? That's what I think. Yeah, that's too young. Young, uh, two young studs. Yeah, but still, the the same problem's gonna come with Toyota. Who are you gonna? There's keep? nowhere to go. Yeah, there's nowhere to go. Yeah, you're in great stuff now, but are you really grooming these guys for somebody else? You could go to that second car at Furniture Row, or you could go to the first car at Furniture Row. Oh wait, they're both <laughs> gone. Yeah. I'm just saying, are you grooming for others? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Let's take a break. This is your Exalta Race Center update. I'm Matthew Dillner. The Roval at Charlotte Motor Speedway, simply put, created a lot of drama in its debut. On Saturday, the Xfinity Series was the first to officially race on North Carolina's newest racing circuit. Chase Briscoe used strategy to get out front and held off Justin Marks to stay out front and take his first career Xfinity win. The 9 of Tyler Reddick was the top finisher for Junior Motorsports with a ninth place result. On Sunday, the Cup Stars gave fans a ton of action and a dramatic finish. Martin Truex Jr. and Jimmy Johnson made contact and spun just yards from the finish line. The seas parted ways, and Ryan Blaney sailed between the two cars to cross the finish line first and pick up the win. Meanwhile, over in Virginia, the Junior Motorsports Late Model Program was in action at Martinsville Speedway for the Valley Star 300. Josh Berry led the most laps and looked to have the race won, but got taken out late in the running, resulting in a 19th place finish. C.E. Falk won the race. This weekend, the Xfinity and Cup Series stars wrestle the Monster Mile, Delaware's Dover International Speedway. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, go visit ExaltaCS.com. At One Main Financial, we believe in the importance of community. That means partnering with our neighbors to reach common goals, lending a hand when it matters most, and commitment to our neighborhoods. Community isn't just where you are. It's where you make a difference. One Main Financial, not just in the neighborhood, but part of your community. Providing personal loan solutions and one-on-one local service. One Main Financial, your needs, your goals, your dreams. Offer subject to restrictions and requirements of the licensee. For licensing information, visit our website or call us. All right, we are going to head into fast lane. I'll give these guys 30 seconds to answer each topic. We um, get 15. <laughs> yeah, basically, let's get to 15. Done. Um, first one, the 2019 rules package is rumors to be released this week. 
what do y'all expect, Brett? I got a quick question. Kelly, is it going to be released this week? Yeah, it's not a rumor. It's coming tomorrow. Okay, so it's yeah. coming tomorrow. <laughs> so I think that we go from being plate racing spotters at 10% of the schedule. I think that number goes up to 40% of the schedule, which means spotters are more valuable and we're getting ready to get paid. I think it's going to um, – I think we're going to figure it out more and we're going to – it's not going to be as packed up. Um, I think some guys are going to – people are going to develop the cars. We're going to figure out ways to make them go faster, and some are going to figure out quicker than others. So I don't think it's going to be a Daytona or Talladega every week. We go to, I think, Michigan and bigger. Absolutely. I mean, it's probably going to be pretty wild. Um, but, I mean, I, I, if it's exciting – if it's exciting and it and it draws interest and we have fun doing it, we'll do it. If it's exciting, I'm all for it. But at the same time, I hate the fact that, like Brett just said, now spotters are be- going to become almost more important than the drivers. Thank because you, Kelly. This is this is, this is you know we're, we're we're taking it out of the, what the driver can do if we're in pack racing. But to also to TJ's point, these teams are going to figure it out. I mean, a couple of years ago, we're all talking about these downforce packages and what do the teams do. NASCAR's taking downforce away, the team's putting it back. So I hate the fact that it's going to become kind of like a gimmick. Hey, we're trying to put the car, the, the cars in the field close together. But So I'm going to root for the teams to figure out how to master the cars and get it back to where we are right now. But right now, though, you could – you, Your time's up. But <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's, it's almost like the car, though. You could almost take the guy that runs 30th and put him in a top car, and he's going to run up there. Though. All yeah. I'm going to say is I don't want to see it devalue somebody with talent. I don't want to see a guy to be able to run up there in the middle of the pack just because he's got a fast car and because of the package. I want to see talent prevail. Yeah. That's what NASCAR was built on. It's I want to see more Casey now. take over. <laughs> Jeez. Casey just start yelling. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ronda 12 begins at Dover. Which four drivers will be eliminated after Kansas? Why are we asking this question this early? Because there's only three races, right? Because yeah. we got it to go. That's what we got to do. Oh, I'll go, man, 88, 10. Um, I got to roll with the 41 and I will go with the pig man. I'm going to hit you in the mouth. 14. (laughs) (laughs) Here's what's really weird for me. Looking at this list is all these guys are good at Dover. Talladega is a freaking wild card. So it almost is like, which one of these guys is going to go out of Kansas and screw up? You know, you try to. I'm, I tried to pick guys that I thought would have a problem. Yeah. To, I mean, that yeah. round of 16, you're just trying not to suck and be the last four guys. And then you find yourself in position because of, of, of different things that happen. So, I mean, uh, I think the 88's out. I, I'll take, even though the nine is super good at Dover, I think the nine's out. I think something happens to him at Talladega. Uh, I'll, I'll go with TJ and say the 10, and then we got to pick a fast car. I'll say the uh, 78. Yeah, I'll go mostly the same. Probably Bowman, Kurt Busch, Almirola, and then I, I'm on the same same wavelength as Brett. Is I think somebody that you don't expect is going to have a problem, but I'll go with Brad on that one. Brad's been all or nothing. It's like the big. Yeah. It's like the big 3.5 now. Brad's like the point five. Yeah. You know, but he's been he went from wrecking backup car to leading that race and. I mean, I don't know. He's kind of leading the race because him and Martin got into a wreck. Yeah, but. I mean, kind of helped them play out their deal. I mean, that's right? backup car. They got momentum right now. It's hard to pull out a backup car, wreck and practice like that, and then be leading the race like that. Yeah. So. We'll see. 
I'm sure, Brett, you're excited about this one. Yes. Uh, Dover will have <laughs> a betting kiosk in their fan zone this weekend. If you could place a bet on Sunday's race, who would you put your money on? Grotto, Grotto Pizza. <laughs> <laughs> that place is good. I thought it was Grotto. Is it Grotto? It's Grotto. Whatever, it's Grotto. Grotto. It's say. Grotto. Grotto, sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's two T's, TJ. G-R-O-T-T-O. Grotto. You don't like that it. doesn't make a difference. It would still be. You like a lot of Grotto? <laughs> What? It would still be pronounced either way. Shush up, Nashville. A double T doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it does. It makes that O long. The first O. Grotto versus Grotto. We are wasting time. Yeah, all time. right. Let's go. Hooked on phonics. Okay, Work for me. <laughs> Who are you betting on? Larson. Just going back to what we talked about earlier, this is probably one of his best, if not better, racetracks. These concrete racetracks. You can even look at Bristol. He should have won here before. It's he's He's due if I had to really put one person down. Guess who's really good at being really fast? That freaking 78 car. Yeah. He's going to be tough to beat. Yeah, I was, uh, I'm was. i actually going to go with Brad. He's really good at Dover, and he's got a lot of momentum. Riding the Penske train. No surprise. <laughs> Shaka. Off the wall topic. NBC had a big weekend with four major sporting events. You've got the Ryder Cup and Notre Dame Stanford on Saturday, followed by the Roval Race and the Steelers vs. Ravens on Sunday. What four events would make up your ultimate sports weekend? TJ. Uh, we get really close to it in May, um, you know, with Indy. Monaco, Indy. Um, I definitely think our race could be more exciting, but it is a prestigious race. Um, it might it might be super exciting next year. Uh, so I think it's I think it's tough to beat that weekend in May. But Monaco, Formula 1 race, I'll take Indy 500. Um Cup race, man, a uh, Bristol that weekend would be, would be pretty cool. So this is one of the reasons, and I hate that Dell Jr. shows after us and we're all rushed out of here, but this yeah. is one of the reasons I wanted Who's Kelly that? to come on this show because Kelly respects the three R's of sports, racing, wrestling, <laughs> and rodeo. <laughs> so you got to have a racing event, a wrestling event, a rodeo, and then Clemson versus South Carolina. That's the best four events you can ever Go have. Tigers. Back to back to back Are you to a Clemson back. fan? Yeah. I like their digital stuff, but I'm not a big fan. Stop. Oh, we're not talking about that. <laughs> it's not your turn. What the hell does that mean? Go ahead. I'm glad you dropped your phone. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad you dropped your phone. <laughs> Damn. Um, no, Brett hit, hit it. I mean, I, I like – May, because as a big, big racing fan, I like that day in general. But if I had to throw another one in there, like, yeah, I love the Super Bowl. I love college football. But I would happily go home at the end of the day and turn on the WWE Network and watch WrestleMania or SummerSlam or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. So Who's your I'm favorite a, wrestler right now? Right now? Well, I can say right now because he won't retire. It's The Undertaker. Yeah. He, I thought he you know, retired and I said goodbye a year and a half ago, and now he's back. He's, back. So. he's like Mark Martin. He just unretires. He won't go away. I'd rather play Alabama, PUBG. the band Alabama, and Mark Martin, no. the people that just kept unretiring. No. He won't go away. And, yeah. and he'll be on a show again this weekend in Australia. So Awesome. All right. Ask DBC. Uh, Coach Seedle23 asks, if, as a team member, would you be mad at Jimmy Johnson for wrecking while going for the win and ending your bid for a title? Or do you want your driver to go for a win every race? I don't know what their conversations were on the radio, but yeah. if you're locked in by finishing second, I, I would I would maybe be a little upset at that. If you're locked in by following a guy across our finish line, and then you go down there and you have a wreck, and then you're not racing for anymore. But Jimmy has won seven championships. The guy knows what he's doing. I don't blame him. I also don't blame him for going for it, man. He hasn't won in 
Over a year. Yeah. How many races like would you say? 51 races, yeah. I think. So, yeah, it's 50-something. Guy wants to win, man. Heck with it. I'm fine with that, Did too. Did you hear Chad? What, what was Chad saying on the radio? Did anybody hear so, I, um, funny enough, going into the last lap, I don't know what they were saying. Jimmy said afterwards, hey, I thought we were in. My math was good. I didn't think making that move and spinning out was going to end it. Now, after the race... After he was spun by Martin and got it going again, Jimmy's like, did we transfer? Did we transfer? And Chad's like, yeah, we're in by one point, it says right now. We'll see how it shakes out. And then Chad pauses and goes, ah, I think we're out. He's like, it's a three-way tie. So they thought their math was good. They thought they were in before making that move. Yeah. And just Jimmy in general, just to answer this question, I, I would love it. If I'm on that 48 team, I'm here to win races. I expect to win mm-hmm. races. I'm used to winning races. If I haven't won since June of 2017, I want to win a race. I'm not thinking about points. Jimmy could win, win the next seven races and have a successful year. Yeah. <laughs> he might not be the champion, but it's going to be a good year. Jimmy I want to win. I want to win races. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson is Jimmy Johnson because of what he tried to do yesterday. Kyle Busch is Kyle Busch because of what he tries to do every Sunday. You have guys out there that are complacent running second and transferring to the next race. I mean, we look at what Logano and Kenseth did a few years ago, and that's why I said this earlier in the race. Kenseth and Logano got into this pissing match and where they had to pay each other back. That wasn't going to happen if Jimmy wrecked Martin yesterday. Jimmy was trying to win the race, and that's exactly what you want your guy. That's what makes Jimmy Johnson great. So you can't even try to grade Jimmy Johnson because of what his resume says. I mean, he's Jimmy freaking Johnson. We've all been mad, haven't we, the last couple of years that everybody gets out of the car and talks about points, right? Yeah, and yeah. now all of a sudden everybody was like, you well, Jimmy should have worried worry about points. That's not right. You take all the points out of this thing, Jimmy Johnson was trying to win the race. Yeah. And that's what he is supposed to do. That's what he wants to do every weekend. I don't blame him. Yeah. Well, he said that. He's like, I'm a racer. What would you think about Martin wrecking him after the race? I saw Martin going after him, then he kind of went out of my view. Um, then he wrecked him. <laughs> just spun him out. Yeah. They didn't hit him in the wall or anything, right? No, he just spun yeah, him. I mean, the guy was going to win the race, and he took him out. Um, you have to remember, too, in that instance, because at first I was like, man, why is Martin like that upset? But then it's like he wants to win I at least one more time for Furniture Row. But I he think wants... it was the paint scheme. I think it yeah. was Sherry. Yes, I it think was it was all those of that. people fighting cancer. Yeah, I, I think Martin was mad. That, I yeah. would be mad, too. There was, there was more. Martin was kind of given a gift, too. You yeah. know, right there and like, hey, you're going to have a really good opportunity to win this race. And he was going to win the race. And the guy came in there and kind of yeah. cleaned him out. We, we, we go into some races where it tugs at your heart a little more than other races, yeah. you know. And, I mean, I remember being at Darlington and had, you know, family and friends there. And you're like, it'd be really cool to win today. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily as much for me. It's just the fact that you get to experience it together. So, yeah. I, I mean, so I So, in the moment, it's like, why is Martin mad? But then when I went back and yeah. thought about it, I was like, it's that paint scheme. He yeah. wants to win for Furniture Row one more time because yeah. they don't know what could be the last. Yeah, he'll All have more of that. Opp- He's going to have more yeah. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Sailor Dan 86 asks, now that you've experienced both, which track is more of a wild card for a playoff cutoff race, Talladega or the Charlotte Roval? That was pretty stressful. It's probably, probably more so for you. I think, uh, you know, Dan, I think they're both the same. But let me tell you something. As far as the way it plays out lap by lap, we have a lot more time to analyze the way the Roval played out. We have uh, the, the ability to mentally absorb what's going on at talladega as a spotter we're so busy with the three wide and the four wide and trying to throw the block and trying to get the push and trying to pass the guy and trying not to get hung on the top side so if they do crash they all scream up you know go up the bank and it crashes like we don't have time to get caught up in that 
as a spotter at Talladega because mentally we're so into every single inch that our car is running. Whereas yesterday we're still spotting the race, but we do have time to be analytical, look at our fan vision, see where the points are, see who we're racing. Uh, but in terms of the overall uh, which one's more of a wild car race? I think ultimately for a fan at home that they were pretty darn equal. Yeah, that's pretty equal. I'm more comfortable with Talladega um, being a wild card. I feel like we can control it more than I can the Roval. Um, Roval, you got to you know it helps qualify good. You got to get on the right strat. You know, you're in the pack at some point at the Roval because the pit strat the pit strategy cycle. So you're going to be in the group and you can't get caught up in something. I know there's a big one at Talladega, but. As far as our strengths, I like Tal. I mean, I'm not. I prefer Talladega because I feel like we just have a little bit more control there. Yeah. Anything you guys want to rant about before we finish up? I thought it was a fun weekend. It wasn't the badge. It wasn't a wasn't a bad show that everyone thought it was just going to be crazy. We had guys figuring out, wrecking in practice. How about silly so. season with Priest and Hemrick moving up to Cup? I'm really happy for Ryan Priest. You know, I've known him a long time. I think his talent level is very high. Uh, he's going to a team that's making some changes. And, and you know, we've seen guys before, uh, a guy like A.J. Amendinger get out of a car and, and a guy like Ryan Priest get in it and run fast. I don't think you can compare the two because they're going to go and do some more things with Hendrick. They're getting away from their ECR alliance, and we'll see if those things pay dividends and make their cars faster. You don't want to see Ryan Priest get in and struggle. I want to see this guy get in, immediately run top 15. He has a very high talent level. He's not this young guy. He's not this 18-year-old. He's in his mid-20s. He bet on himself to do well, and he's doing it. I mean, for him, I've said all along for years on this podcast, I thought he was the best driver at RCR. So good for him for getting it. He had a lot of chances to move up. Yeah. I've heard his name at three or four cars. Uh, so, so good for him. I mean, I think that RCR's had a lot more speed over the last month than they've had all year long. Good time yeah. probably to be, be to be doing that with a 31. Yeah, and, you know, I'm interested in seeing how Priest does there. Um, I think they have a different alliance or something next year, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so. so I think that was kind of <laughs> lost in the announcement a little bit. Not lost, but, you know, in the hype of Ryan and everything is that um, Tad Geschechter said that they will be going from RCR to uh, Hendrick Engines next year. So I, I wonder how much that could also help. Is it help. just engines or support, too, or he just mentioned engines. But it opens so, the door for support. But it does. I, th I think it yeah. does, yes. For sure. Do we so. know who's going to go in Hemrick's Xfinity spot? Is that rumor? I haven't yeah. heard that yet. I yeah, know this yeah, happened in the next her. two weeks or so, I've heard. But yeah. I don't know. It should be interesting. It'll be TJ. Yeah. yeah. Don't well, spot. I get to pick don't first. Spot. Did I win? I thought you won. Oh, <laughs> But I still get to pick who I want. Because you, oh, no, I don't. No, either. you don't. don't. Yeah, I'll take, the, I'll take the 78. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take Larson. Head to head. Mm -hmm. We got a battle. Short run, I win. Long run, you win. Kelly, who, who do you think is going to win this weekend? Uh, I'll go back to Larson. I really do. I think now, especially Better hope because, it's a long run. Well, I think now just because he's kind of, in a way, he's got that a second life after what happened at charlotte i mean he had he admitted he'd given up after that wreck in that car right and then as soon as they told him the 96 wrecked he was he started hustling on that final lap wrecked like seven times didn't he hit back. the wall off the corner too he yeah. hit the wall in oval three and four he hit the wall um off the front stretch chicane and then like turtled it across the, the finish line i'll tell you what so. man props to him for a keep going because that car was destroyed. And yeah. I think they told him, if I understand what he had said yesterday, I think they told him, dude, you can't run hard because, like, with all the camber and tow, like, you're going to blow a tire. And he was like, nope, I got to go. I got to go. So he's got a new life. Again, uh, Dover is one of his best racetracks. Um, 
that team it just keeps getting better and better as the year goes on. Still alive in the championship, so I'll I'll go with him. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I'm sorry yeah. we were rushed, but the guy's name's on the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, quick shout out to some DBC fans Casey and I met this weekend. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. one I'm guy so had a shirt. I'm like, hey, it'd be nice. Hey, to have what one were we supposed to say for Freddie? Oh, something about Martinsville. Call yeah. out to the Martinsville winner, right? Yeah, C. Falk. Oh yeah, he's actually a pretty. He listens every week too. He's oh a, he does. Yeah. Cool. Um, he sent I heard me a, that was a crazy deal. It was. He actually sent me a pretty funny picture about Nashville parties and stuff. Mm. Well, so congrats to him, man. That's a yeah. big, big race. Pays he's a like good dude. Twenty-five grand to win. He's a good dude too. Doesn't so that pay like twenty-five? It did pay twenty-five. I bet that guy got hammered. It <laughs> was. Uh, so I was watching the end of it, and there was, if you were in the top six, you didn't finish the race. So it was like that far back. Yeah. Like third took out first and second one time, took fourth with him. Jeez. Next restart, they take each other out again. So the other guy back there running sixth, seventh, eighth, like, hey, I might win now. Yeah. So, and they had another controversy thing, just like start finish line deal. And basically the outside guy was jumping the leader every time and getting the lead. I mean, it was close. It wasn't something you could black flag the guy for. But right, right. if you're going to the restart line, then um, that's what you're, you're consistent with your you know, calling, but is it right? Yeah. But um, it was a, it was exciting. I'm sure um, there's some good videos there. Bubba Pollard almost won at one point. Um, Josh Perry had a great car. Uh, he almost won. Peyton Sellers almost won. They all almost won at one point. A lot of big so, late model names. Yeah. Yeah. So great show. It was cool. One thing I can say is it, this weekend was cool because people could leave, watch the Xfinity race, leave here, and go up there and, and, and still it make though. it. Yeah. So it was good for – we have a lot of good reporters in the sport that like to do both and could leave and go make it and, and get some good content and stuff still. So yeah, um, I think like Matt Weaver does a really good job of that stuff. He ends up getting really good, really good stuff with all the um, the short track stuff, and it's really good. Yeah. Nice. All cool. right. Well, thank you, Kelly, for joining us. Thanks Kelly, for I feel me. like we didn't give you a hard enough time. I know. Well, we got rushed. Honestly, I guess that just means that I'll have Dillner's to come over back. Here. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that means you got to come Glad I wasn't the only girl on the show. Well, thanks for coming on. And, uh, yeah. and blame Matthew Doner for rushing us because he's yeah. like, Dell Jr.'s coming. You guys got to hurry. Yeah. Your podcast, you want to yeah. plug it? Yeah. The Racing Writers Podcast, not as awesome namedly as yours is. but That's um, okay. Somebody's got to <laughs> be second. I'll take second. Okay. That's okay. That's true. You don't have millions of listeners. Well, though. thanks to One Mate Financial for sponsoring <laughs> this shit show. Thanks for Exalta for the studio. We're out. Have a good one. See ya. You've been listening to Door Bumper Clear, brought to you by One Main. For updates on Elliot Sadler and the number one junior motorsports team, go to OneMainRacing.com. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo.